should you decide to accept it? Like with, if we're doing a vaporwave record, like maybe it makes sense to go t crazy tacky and just let it all go nuts because that might be the name of the game, the aesthetic, if you will. And I promise I'm not like going to say that fucking joke. word. I'm not going to say that fucking word. <laughs> like more than like a few more times, I promise. Unlikely. Mm, we'll see. Yeah, as a kid of like early '90s, late '80s television, boy howdy, do I feel like this is the soundtrack of like incidental music. I feel like it's like rain scene cut to back office of a police station, cut piano bar. Like it just, I don't know. Michael Douglas is in most of these. Michael, movies. yeah, Michael Douglas for sure. Maybe Kurt Russell. Do you guys remember Dinosaurs, the TV show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure you could get more '90s, like early '90s <laughs> nostalgia. I beg to differ. No. Okay. What do you got? Perfect. Perfect strangers. Perfect strangers for uh, sure. Uh. <laughs> Perfect strangers was my favorite TV show growing up, like as a little kid, and it really was. It. I remember me and my brother uh, Sebastian. We would watch that show. And we would laugh so hard. Like, just, I don't know what it was like. I guess it's the premise, right? Like, the premise of it is an immigrant cousin shows up, like, and okay, so we could relate to that, right? Like, the wacky, goofy immigrant that shows up <laughs> and is, like, goofy and silly or whatever. And is, like, straight man cousin who's, like, trying to, like, deal with this craziness. But I actually re I watched it. There was, like, there's some episodes of Perfect Strangers on YouTube garbage it's awful i don't know what the hell i was thinking at seven or eight years old who knows man that this shit was awful to be fair your exposure was pretty limited then so. at 40 hey. like you've been exposed to a whole lot of shit you shouldn't be ashamed you of your painful time snap you, you had we had really low standards then so you know it just is what it is i used to love the shit out of some gummy bears and what else was that stuff um well, I was trying to think of like DuckTales was on a lot when I was like super my, little. My Little Pony? Um, was that a thing? Yeah. And Care Bears. And I, feel, yeah. I, I don't know if they'd hold up if I tried to rewatch. I feel like the answer's probably no. Not to the level that I, I held them at then. Oh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Which is okay. Which is okay. <laughs> they don't yeah. have to be timely. So we're doing VCR Classic Atlantic Memories, which I'm pretty sure you can only find on Bandcamp and on YouTube. Correct. They do have some albums on uh, Amazon Music. I did do notice they? that they had a couple albums. Yeah, okay. It, not this one, but a couple. Okay. So just in case you're trying to actually find this thing. Yeah, um, just go to Bandcamp, give them 10 euro. You'll have the entire discography. And if you don't like it, you never have to listen to it again. Yeah. So yeah. my here's my first thought is, look, I picked this. I figured, Ryan, I figured you could at least appreciate it from some like in some way. I got pockets. I got I am, pockets in this. Yeah. I am so curious to hear Jenny's opinion or thoughts. There's no lyrics and <laughs> there's no you're not being I called out. I wanna know. This, I'm like I've been thinking the whole time. This, These last two weeks I've just been thinking like I wonder what Jenny not, will think. I wonder what uh, Jenny will think. I wonder what Jenny will think. Literally, I've been thinking about that a lot. So this is you know, the subtext of this show is sometimes like Jenny's mission. She choose to accept <laughs> it is to sit through two weeks of 80s and music. Good right. luck. I guess on the plus side, I have a lot of different thoughts about it. Mm. Um, Great. And, and, and I guess they're, I'm not sure that I've really settled on one exactly mm -hmm. as like how I really capital F feel about this. But like on the one hand, I'm with Lewis. Like it, it definitely feels like I'm watching TV in the '80s again. And so, to an extent, it's like cool the way it does the time transport. That's cool. I like that. On the other hand, the, let me think about how to best say this. It's not the genre. It, it's the '80s sound, like the synthesizer, that classic '80s sound was actually not something that I really liked when it was around the first time. Mm -hmm. And so bringing it back around now didn't really lead to any different results as far as like 80s music. 
And that's not a shortcoming of this album. That's on me, <laughs> and I own that. It's just not. If you handed me a hundred albums matching this description, I maybe might like one of them. Maybe. It's like I feel conflicted because on the one hand I think it's a very cool concept and I think that there are aspects of it that were cool It's just the whole feeling like I was back in time was very cool on the other hand It's not the sort of thing that I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is super for me five stars either And that's mm -hmm. okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, not a shortcoming of the album. The other thing too though is that the more I listen to it the more it seemed like things polarized. Like the ones that like, kind of got less interesting the more I listened to them, but others that I was like, maybe there's something here became more interesting um, the more I listened to it. So it, it, instead of bringing everything like into like, a more crystallized spot as a group, it actually just pushed things farther apart, which I thought was cool. Okay, so- The other downside is that- Go ahead. The album feels less like an album of songs and more like one long mood. Um, I don't know. It kind of it kind of yes. feels more like one work than thirteen or fourteen individual works. Which, again, you can chill to this. Absolutely, could you put it on in the background? For sure, perfect for that. See, I was, it did get hard though after a while. I like was, the, some of them just blend together. I was thinking that this could be good music for you to work to, because I know that this is a thing, right? Like they. And I have the same issue. It's hard for me to concentrate and do the kind of work I do if there's a lot of lyrics, if there's a ton going on, if it's super busy. And I wouldn't say this is busy. And I would say the intention of right. this music is to just, it's like a vibe it's, and it's it just fades, um, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely background enhancement. I'm, I think it's perfect for that. Perfect. I will say that, like, of my favorite song, Offshore, and to an extent, Private Island, too, those, I think, come the closest to being able to stand on their own as, like, song songs that are, like, distinct enough that when I hear them in, like, the sea of vibe, I'm like, oh, I like that one. Pri yeah, you know? Private Island, and uh, <laughs> I forgot to fill out the Google Doc, of course, like a fucking moron. <laughs> but Private Island is definitely one of my favorites on here. It's a little funkier yeah. than anything else on the record almost that one reminds me a lot of the early dane funk stuff we were listening yeah. to the stuff that got collapsed into the to each his own really that sure. early it's just yeah it makes you want to cruise through a street mean and neon at like midnight like it's <laughs> just so cool but it was interesting driving music i will say aubrey's way in on this was like she had one round of this and it, for her there wasn't enough and i get that in that he settles in they it whatever it is settles into a groove for like about a minute and the sweet spot of these songs is about about two minutes excuse me so if you like these three four minute tracks like there's just not quite enough happening to really change it around mm -hmm. but I agree that it's really good work, work music. I spent a day working to this at least, if not a couple. The, the ones that bleed together the most for me, like come towards the middle of the album. Like yes. I keep going back to Ice Drift because like to me, that puts me the most into 1990s Super Nintendo game soundtrack territory, <laughs> which is a real sweet spot. Yeah. but. If I started Ice Drift, I tend to lose it until mm, maybe like Afternoon Clouds or Private Island. But in the middle of it, as I start going back, the Waves Over the Rainbow is a really cool kind of mid-ground track or middle track. Yeah. So this one, for me, this one ages better because I 100% feel like the it on the first couple of listens it definitely it like drags or there's just not much going on in the middle part and but it's it's what's weird what's been weird is i've been working to this for the last couple of weeks for longer and it the more you listen to it the more something kind of pops in a way like that you didn't notice before this, okay, so for example, this song, I don't it love it. It sounds like... Law and Order. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's yeah. The, the theme to Law and Order. 
doesn't yeah, it? Until it drops like halfway through it and gets really dreamy. Yes. And then it sounds like a 10cc song. Yes. 10cc. Holy shit. <laughs> 10cc is definitely in my kind of childhood. I don't know. It's like one of those like building blocks of my childhood like appreciation of music for sure. It's it so just to go off on the 10cc mm -hmm. tangent. It hits the sweet spot for sound of my childhood did not exist in my childhood had never heard of 10cc huh i'm not in love was not on the radio was not i don't remember hearing it on the radio huh ever i don't think i heard 10cc until guardians of the galaxy which like is the only thing worthwhile of that movie is the <laughs> soundtrack hot take but yeah and it's just beautiful it's this kind of dreamy like pop music mm -hmm. that just I don't remember hearing at all growing up um, I think it's because I was in yeah. New York it was like I was in New York and the, ra the radio in New York is different I feel like I remember I'm not in yeah, love different. I'm not in love and um, like stuff like like Stevie Wonder's like part time lover like those are the songs that were playing on the radio yeah. <laughs> at least for me there's, there's definitely a track or two in here that, that had some Stevie Wonder components now that you bring that up too, right? There's a couple tracks with a little bit of funk in Yeah, um, yeah. So it comes out of nowhere. It goes from the other name to drop is Angelo Badalamenti, right? Like it goes from like Twin Peaks incidental music into <laughs> like this, which is just like head not shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, guys, weather theme too. I, I just, I definitely imagine that being on like Cinemax in the in like that's exactly no I'm dead serious. Listen to it and tell me I'm wrong. Like, no, you're right. That's, you're absolutely right. I'm pretty sure that's where that came from. Oh, for me? Yeah, this is for me. Yeah, this is the Berlin "Take My Breath Away." Like yeah. sounds like a little bit like that. There's a couple. There's a couple that have that vibe that like they could have been in Footloose. <laughs> Or the or top, top Gun soundtrack or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's the <laughs> thing that I came through this thinking like, oh, Heat of the Night. Oh, Top Gun. Oh, Law and Order. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Law and Order. <laughs> the fact that like some pe the, the same kind of piece of music, if you want to call this an album, whatever it is, invokes like, and this super cheesy 80s sax thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a, is it a sax? That's no. the thing I haven't been able to figure out. It's got to be a synth sound. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. It sounds like it just, they do a smooth job of playing it. They're okay. really good at playing it, but it's synth. So let me, let me, let me explain one thing. I'm pretty sure every bit of this record is samples. See, now that's interesting. So for example, hold on, I'm going to play this for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sound familiar? All right. So, like, to think of this as a sample album is, guys, are genius. Like, <laughs> like, this goes from how I found a Casio whatever at, like, the thrift shop <laughs> into, oh, my God, you guys really found some cool stuff to bring in. And, yeah, this is, they just changed the <laughs> speed. It's a variable speed. They looped it. Change the speed, probably. And which one is that like one? Like three quarter speed. Which one is that? Right? Is it this one? Is that Atlantic Memories? Yeah. Or it might be Atlantic Memories. Sorry, I think you're right. Yeah, it might that's Ice Drift. I think it's Atlantic Memories. No, it no. isn't. They all kind of blend Damn in it. my mind, right? This they is really the thing. do. Yeah, that's why this has been this, such a nice thing to cut this? up. Is it? Is it this one? No, it isn't. This one's super cool. This one is like the Barry White. This is the last yeah. track. Um, yeah, which this sits funky outside hell. of the weather weather theme grouping, but mm -hmm. is definitely the smoothest. I'm gonna I find this. Oh like, hell yeah! That with the way that comes in. So that, that's you know what that is to me. So good. That is 70s, 80s game show like, yeah, type music. But it's like, you know, but it's slow. Down, right? Yes. Like, yeah. This is what I I think it's. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking like Chuck Woolery and some like fucking. Cheap ass like yellow suit, hosting some kind of bullshit ass game show with the old mic. You know, with the old mic that like it was like. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like I'm about to win ten thousand dollars 
by guessing the price of a 1989 Mazda 66. $10,000 pyramid. But, uh, but anyway, sorry to hop yeah. around. But So yeah, I'm, I don't have definitive proof, but I think the thing with all these records in this genre called Vaporwave, which I'm sure like anyone that really listens to this stuff is probably like, no, it's not Vaporwave, this one. It's like mall sock, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. To me, there is like a kind of general... You can group a lot of these types of records, and I think one of the defining characteristics is that m most, if not all, the sounds in the record are samples. And the samples are typically of records that are disposable like records. This isn't James Brown. We're not sampling like good music. We're sampling like the detritus of the 70s, 80s, 90s and making it into something weird or cool or different. Oftentimes slowing it down, but in the case of like stuff like that's known as like future funk, speeding it up and oftentimes phasing it out and making it sound very weird, oftentimes mixing samples together in weird ways. So yeah, yeah, that's I think one of the interesting things. I don't, I don't again, I don't have like proof 100% that every sound here is a sample, but there are enough of these songs where you can actually find the sample. And that is like one of the things about Vaporwave. That's what they do. How did you find those? Did you just sit there and Shazam each one? <laughs> no, actually that one was thank you, YouTube. In the comment section. Yeah, no. that particular one. But um, so also we were all wondering why the hell can't we find information about these artists? They don't clear samples. I think that's a big thing. I can't imagine the nightmare that would be. Yeah. So uh, I think for a lot of these guys, they have to operate at the fringes. And so they're not really doing live shows typically. They're not really like trying to very visibly make a whole shitload of money. A lot of them sell their music on Bandcamp, name your price. Yeah. So you don't have to pay anything for them if you don't want. So it's that's the big reason why I wanted us to like try and give give this stuff a shot or at least investigate. Cuz this is like music that operates at the fringes. And I think with YouTube, right? If you I've uploaded enough videos to YouTube. If you fuck with the music enough, it's algorithm that detects copyrighted music won't find it. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> So if you slow it down or weird it out or phase it out or reverb it out, like oftentimes it won't find, it won't like make the connection and you're good to go. And so, for example, people that do music reactions, that's one of the things they do is they'll slow it down a little bit or they'll distort the music in some kind of way enough to where people can still appreciate his music, but the YouTube algorithm doesn't get them. Which is why a lot of this stuff ends up on YouTube. That's so tedious. Like, I get, like, why it's being done, but it's just that you're sweeping in tons of stuff that's perfectly, like... It's no one out there trying to actually make money off of... Like, reaction videos? Like, <laughs> who is out there making a shit ton of money off the reaction? Okay, maybe they are. But <laughs> there are. No one's out there, like, holding it out as their own. I think the other thing is, it's okay with a reaction video, or with something like this, or with, like, hip-hop, or with other kind of sample music, like the avalanches, or other electronic sample music, is what the artist is doing enough to make it their own creation and to be able to profit or live off of that creation. And so like in hip hop, rest in peace, Bismarck he was like one of the greatest like digging in the crates, elder statesman of hip hop. And his whole thing was always like trying to find that weird record that would work. Like instead of sample the same impeach the president or whatever. And I think he kicked off a whole generation of people just looking for records that you could get away with or taking a sample and flipping it and fucking with it so much that it becomes a completely separate other thing. So like to me, it's whatever they're doing with this music, I would have never ever heard whatever they're sampling otherwise. It's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
video game soundtracks or commercial themes or TV show samples or elevator music, Muzak. I mean, it's just detritus. It's so like, for me, it would be really cool if these this kind of music could operate in all the sort of traditional spaces and but it doesn't. And I think one one other thought too is what I really like about this music, again, this is conceptually, is that it takes like something that's familiar to all of us, which is like the, in a way this is like the soundtrack of this is the soundtrack of like commercialism, let's say, as we were growing up, right? And this is like or you're you walk- were on hold for a while. Exactly. Like, you're on hold. You're walking. <laughs> or you were in a bonbon, possibly. Exactly. You're in the mall. The you're in the mall. You're walking around. You're in the elevator. Like, you're on hold. Exactly. This is the sort of, this is this kind of music that is meant to pacify you. Like, just chill out. Don't riot. Don't get pissed off. Just, just. Be happy, chill out. Yeah, you, you gotta wait in line, but look, everybody. Everybody, exactly. Or you hear that saxophone? That saxophone is chill. Hey, it cost sneakers cost a hundred dollars. That's okay. You got a hundred dollars. You need sneakers. Wait, <laughs> yeah. For people who needed it a couple levels below uh, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, "Be Cool." It's not even. You. But what's cool is it takes all that, which is like disposable music. That's detritus. And it perverts it and into this fucking weird thing that sounds different and sounds it what it sounds to me like sometimes is ominous. <laughs> right? It sounds like dark and ominous sometimes. Not always. But for example, this song is like, to me this is like my free bird of the record if we're gonna do a free bird. This is Aurora Stars. Because this is just it's all the sort of happy, like this is like full house type music. This is that type of shit. Like happy, there's a lesson at the end, but there's something wrong about it. There's something weird about it. It's a little too slow. It's <laughs> There's something off about it. And I think, I don't know, I feel like that's like the only thing we can do in the face of the onslaught of commercialism. Like it's like you take these like things that they made and like you pervert them and weird them out. And this is the way to like, maybe fight back in any kind of way i don't know maybe that's just like ridiculous but there's something about it that's really cool to take this disposable bullshit crap thing and make it into something else that means a little something else it adds a layer of meaning to it and i'm not going to dismiss the nostalgia stuff like the nostalgia stuff is nice like i haven't heard that 80s porn sex in a while And I haven't heard these kinds of synth sounds, right? Like you don't hear them all the time. And when you're a kid, you go through things like good and bad and like nice sort of associations. But I'd like to think that there's another layer on top of that. And it's not just like nostalgia and it's not just like, I'm back in the mall or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Wonder what would happen if you like just emailed them through Bandcamp and are like, hey, I would, I just would, like to interview you slash ask you a few questions like about your music. I wonder if you'd get a response. Since they're like so, so small, right? And you could just be like, hey, I'm wondering, and literally just what you said. I'll give them, I'll give them, uh, yeah, I'll send them this pod. I'll send them this pod and say, hey, look, I've thought about your music for a long ass time. Yeah, (laughs) we want to know. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know, Ryan, what do you think, man? What, am, am I saying anything no, that makes sense? I think the nostalgia thing is easy to come by, and having that extra layer of something else happening around it is what makes it worth paying attention to. I like the idea that these are, are samples twisted a bit, and yeah, I guess it makes a little bit more sense than like somebody sitting down with a synth and playing it, because it's... Yes, it's got like a tone. It's got it's got a sample base, but in this instance, that sample base is a tempo or like a style of twisting the sample. And yes, like songs like this sound straight out of a David Lynch movie, which always gives that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I thought about Twin Peaks a lot around <laughs> this song because that's everything the music was doing in that it's playing that like standard like 
drama style music, but yeah. it's twisted just a little bit. Like the tempo like changes just slightly or like notes are just a little off key or like you say, it's like a little slower and your the vibe to it is is out of whack a little bit. <laughs> Something's and amiss I, at the mall. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Twin Peaks. I I hundred percent agree. There's actually I have a little surprise for you guys um, in the after party, Twin Peaks related. But I'm gonna say that like Twin Peaks is maybe in some ways getting at the same thing this kind of music is getting at, which is yeah. to take like the sitcom and fucking pervert it. Take the all the kind of elements of the sitcom that like everyone of us is familiar with, and it's a disposable hey. format. It's disposable. Like it goes on until people don't care, and then it goes away. So, and to take that and to transform it into this bizarre surrealist shit, I don't even know how to begin to describe it. Something's wrong, and you can tell the whole time, and it's very creepy. But it's also they're at a diner, drinking coffee and eating pie, and yeah, there's like wacky characters and. Yeah, all the normal components are there, but there's like a, a layer of grime that exists below the surface that right. just gets ended at until it becomes the main focus of the show and I, it just gets out there. So I feel like maybe Lynch tried to explore that first with Blue yeah. Velvet. And I think Blue Velvet is like a, hey, look at you. I think that I think Blue Velvet was the first time he tried to examine that seriously because if you remember the opening of Blue Velvet, it's fire truck the fireman waving down like an idyllic yeah. street and then it's like the camera kind of focuses on there's a guy that's mowing his lawn like sprinklers are going off and all of a sudden the guy gets it looks like a heart attack or a stroke or something and grabs and grabs his like heart and then falls backwards and then the camera zooms in onto the grass where he fall he fell into and it zooms and zooms in until you see the insects in the in the lawn and they're like eating each other. They're like mauling each other. It's like a war. And then that's how the movie starts. That's how the movie starts. It's not subtle, right? Like beneath this sort of idyllic thing, there is something really fucked and really wrong and really evil going on. And, and then the movie kind of explores what that evil is. Not bug related, but I feel like it's like maybe someone, maybe a similar project. It's like a maybe similar project to what this music is trying to do. I can see that. Maybe we're projecting and they're just really into it, but, but it totally, it totally makes sense. That kind of blank, maybe it's the kind of intentionally blank canvas that lets you project and fill it with uh, fill it with your own meaning. Yeah. 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 Because a track like this just makes me picture a SNES sprite swimming 2D side-scrolling level trying to avoid fish and air bubbles and whatnot. <laughs> like, it just... So... I, this is what I was thinking we could do. I was thinking we could go very quickly through each track, uh, and then say what we're thinking. Say what? Okay, what's what are we thinking? Max, we're gonna free associate the album. Free associate the album. I think so. I think so. So let's start at the beginning. Say shell track one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember what the full house theme is, but I feel like I, full house right here. So I feel like I feel like this hits in that like. Stephen King, like it, or like that era of horror where it's like this throwback, but again, it's yeah. Okay. Idyllic, but strange. Jenny, anything popping in your mind? Anything ocean or sea based? I don't think so. I, I feel like it sounds familiar-ish, like to something that at one point maybe I could have pointed to or identified but I just can't like figure out what it is. I yeah. feel like it's familiar, I just don't know what. Yeah, okay, all right. Nice track, Atlantic Memories. This is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of Ariel Pink, I think, like some in some ways. Yes. Breakdown, uh, that like, the way that breaks down, I can see that. So I think of the Karate Kid or some kind of heroic kind of 
I feel like maybe there's like a montage, training montage, 80s training montage sort of thing going on. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorites. I, I guess I'm not seeing the ocean connection so far for, for me. I, I get the ocean connection. Really? I kind of get that. And it's by way of like Yacht Rock vibes. And then that tiny little synth. Dun, 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 dun. Like, I can see Karate Kid in that era. Definitely, like, I can see, like, a kid in New York, like, trying to get by, getting bullied, like, you know. But o- overcoming, shot. man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to Offshore. This is the most... This is the most ocean for me. I don't know it's if it's... like those little, what are they, the um, marimbas? Or yeah, marimbas, exactly. It sounds a little tropical. It's like, um, it's uh, if Spongebob was in the 80s. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's true. I hadn't thought about it, but this is definitely the most island of any of them. <laughs> but also, I feel like not that island, because that island doesn't no. kind of look like a tropical one. It looks yeah. like one of those ones off in like Ireland or like off England somewhere. Totally. You know? That the cover, that's the far. island on the cover is 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 not the island I'm thinking. It's definitely Zealand. more yeah. Caribbean, yeah, type of vibe. Okay. Yeah, I get a lot of like driving down Los Angeles streets, kind of grimy L.A. '80s streets. Okay, with with yeah. some neon neon signs. Yeah. Okay. Smog. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think, yeah, we gave this one away, but yeah, for me, it's definitely Twin Peaks. It sounds like the opening theme of Twin Peaks. Yeah. It actually sounds like a bunch of the songs on Twin Peaks combined in some way. It sounds ominous, like the, like Bob's theme. So I don't know. Anyway, I definitely, I'm also getting a little Berlin, Take Your Breath Away vibes off of this. Like you could do, I bet you could do like a Top Gun montage to this. You know? Yeah, I get like boardwalk, like quiet strolls on the boardwalk. Especially when that, this, when this part comes through. Like I could see like, like boardwalk date montage while this (laughs) is playing. Nice. I was just thinking, I wonder exactly how far they have slowed this down and what what it is about having something just slowed down just enough that it actually feels like a little bit sinister. Like how far do you have to slow something before that happens? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what do you think BPM is? it's really versus... weird because I've heard tons and tons of people who have slowed stuff way down for YouTube purposes, like way, way down. And I feel like that goes away at a certain point. Do you guys know or about- maybe that's just me. Do you guys know about DJ Screw? Huh? So, DJ Screw was a Houston DJ in the 90s. I think he died in the late 90s. But his whole thing was he took, like, hip-hop hits, and he slowed them the fuck down. Like, he would, so he would take instrumentals and slow them the fuck down, and then him and his buddies would, like, freestyle. And he would sell these tapes. And then, so he, and then he would be mixing, he would slow these instrumentals down and he would be mixing like them together. And like, sometimes he would include the vocals from the hit and just scratch like the vocal to repeat if it was like a funny line or a good line or whatever. And that was his thing. And it basically created a sound for Houston hip hop that was very different. And I think they were also really well known for drinking codeine. So it was like like codeine in their cup. And like the thing was is that the music that he made was like the soundtrack of that for a lot of people. So I put some DJ Screw in the after party we can listen to. But to me, there is a direct connection between what he does and what this is, I think. I'm not sure I have the necessary codeine anywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, TOS, TOS, TOS. All right, let's go to Ice Drift. All right, this is, for me, I have to do something in a video game. Like, maybe like it's like a point-and-click adventure game from back in the day, and it's like, not this part necessarily, it's this other part, where it's like, hey, I've got a minute to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's 
that was for me is like yeah some sort of early 90s like video game type of stuff like a point and click or something like that rise of the dragon i don't know if you remember that ryan <laughs> yeah so anyone anyone else with thoughts I feel like it's too, I don't know, like I, I think I, that sort of quest music never really occurred to me because it feels so slow that unless your quest was to shoot up heroin, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe that's your quest. I don't know. So it makes me feel like I gotta do something. Like, it's almost not quite countdown music. Like, yeah, maybe like Jeopardy type. Well, it's, they don't have that music in Jeopardy. In the, or, or the final Jeopardy music sounds completely different, but... That's what I'm thinking. No, no that's, a fa- that's a fair point. I think I was focused more on the slow beat underneath it. Yeah, yeah. There are some point and clicks where that completely is legit possible to be part of the mission. Like, for no joke. Including maybe Rise of yeah. the Dragon. I can't quite remember, but... Yeah, there, was there was drug use. There was drug use, yeah. For sure. Ryan, what do you think? Oh, wait, so we're on... Ice, Ice Drift? Drift? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I talked about it earlier. This this sounds like you're swimming in a... <laughs> you're right. SPA. Dude, you're so right. That is totally... Yeah, now like, that you said it again... Now that you said it again, you're totally right. That's fine. We'll listen to it in the after party and, and, and catch a vibe. All right, this next one is Sunshine Imitation. This is like Jack Handy, Jack's Deep Thoughts. Yeah, Deep Thoughts <laughs> with Jack Handy. Yeah, this feels like filler music, right? This this feels like a character is walking through an aquarium. This feels like the soundtrack to a motivational poster from the early 90s. Like, yeah. teamwork makes the dream work. It would be really h- hilarious if somebody took, if you could take, like, Doom, for example, and make this the soundtrack. <laughs> or, I don't know, Silent Hill or something like that. I think... It, it could work with, this could work with the Silent Hill for sure I don't know about Doom what was the one about oh, the that would just be funny <laughs> yeah. there was a game Alan Wake Alan Wake like a, yeah yeah wow. like that was like a Stephen King novel come to life in Silent Hill gaming style yeah and it's just weird enough when things get weird in that that I could see this stuff working for that yeah yeah I, there was a game I played recently like, I can't remember it? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jane. No, I was just going to... I was trying to remember the name. I, I want to say Max Payne. Was that one of them, I think? There, yeah, there was a... Yeah. Yeah. So Max and Payne... And he was like a detective. He was a detective, so this music almost makes sense. The thing that I think about with this... <laughs> yeah. Is... Like, there's a couple things that could be happening here. It's, it's like a, a sleazy, like, cop, off-duty cop montage. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah, sleazy yeah. off-duty cop for sure. All right. So this is next one is waves over the rainbow. Okay. There is. Well, here's like sle- sleazy off-duty cop having sex with a witness. He's definitely not supposed to. Like, I feel like <laughs> if you add that, then yeah, it works. Okay. So can you guys help me? Is that guitar part? It sounds like every breath you take from the police. I know it's not that, yeah. but like that, whatever that effect is, it's like muted strumming, clean, like super clean electric, electric guitar, muted strumming thing. I feel like that was a really common thing in 80s music. You know what I'm talking about? It sounds like the police. And this one has the obnoxious synth, synth sax. <laughs> I have to, I can only assume it's a synthesized sax. Maybe it's sampled, I don't know. So, do you remember Holland Oates' I Can't Go For That? That sax solo? Or George Michael's Careless Whisper? You know, Careless Whisper? We might have to, I'm gonna have to put that on the, (laughs) I'm gonna have to put that on the after party. Anyway, any other thoughts? This is a cool song, it's just, it's, it's a little weird, I would say, but but still cool. So I think this is this has got some of the sample work that kind of makes me think of M83. 
Oh yeah, good call, man. Like it was, I think M83 was a band I that spent the last seven years forgetting that I was totally into at a period of time. Ooh yeah. And when this came on, I was like, oh yeah, those guys kind of paved a way. I don't want to say that they paved a way for this, but at the same time, like. It's like they were testing the waters to this like 80s synth nostalgia for the rest of the world. Yeah. And they made it into a different sound for sure. There's a lot more production value to it. There's a lot more kind of like emo, indie, like emotion rock to it. But the underlying synth work in M83 definitely has some references in what this is sampling. Yeah, so there's a song that you put on here in the after party list called Skin of the Night. Yeah. It is the song that M83 did on Saturday's Equal Youth in the late autumn. But it is a song that made me feel like I should go and listen to Enya and see if that shit yeah. is like, what, see what it sounds like now. Because yeah. It, yeah. kind of, it was like maybe the cool, it was like the coolest Enya song you've ever heard, I feel like. At least parts well, of it. And I, I really feel like that album is the sweet spot for the sound that I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, that corresponds to this is Saturday's Equal You. Like, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's nostalgia with, without the sinister undertones, but like, you don't miss them. Yeah. Alright, so we're on to Purple... This sounds, and maybe it's because Purple's in the title, but it sounds like purple something rain? that should have been in Purple Rain. Yeah, <laughs> like, this totally makes me think about Purple Rain. Huh. Or that style of movie. What's the, again, Michael Douglas, Black Rain? I wanna Black, rain. Black Rain. So this is... Yeah. Man, dude, you're digging deep, man. This is a Michael Douglas, like, dirty... Well, not dirty cop, but, like, dirty city, fucked up, like... 80s movie, yeah. right? Like 80s action movie. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not Dude, who, who made that? I, it's funny. I want to say Ridley Scott, but that's, I'm sure, not correct. Yeah, I don't think that's right. I wanted to say Paul Verhoeven, but I also don't think that's right. Yeah, but it feels like those, it feels kind of like those kind of movies. Yeah, so again, I don't know. I hate to repeat myself. I get some Berlin. Holy shit, is Ridley Scott. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's he slummed he slummed he slummed like that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Between making like I mean, epic genius masterpieces, he made this. Dude, New York City cops arrest a yakuza member and must escort him yeah. when he's extradited to Japan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that could be the description. Like you could put that <laughs> description on the side and have a list of twenty-five movies on like another column. Yeah. That. that could apply to just by title and they're all from a window of 1986 to 1993 yeah i get another berlin take my breath away <laughs> yeah i think it's because of the uh, whip snare the, the the classic 80s uh classic 80s a uh, snare and like 80s pop for sure but i think this is definitely where this is around where the album drags for me like this is like where the where less stuff stands out like i'll re-listen to it and i'll hear different things i'll be like oh that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. but nothing's like standing out in a major way jenny no i agree with that i don't yeah. think i have anything more insightful to add but i agree with that it's very take my breath or take your breath away whatever yeah whoever's breath is being taken away it's <laughs> take some breath <laughs> right uh, yeah. yeah. So, all right, we're going to move on. And I on. think it's mostly like the bass in particular that, that really does it. Yeah. All right, we talked a little bit See? about this already, but yeah. Yeah, this for me is like that bass sample yeah. is great. It's, it's super like funky. maybe the most yacht rock of all of them, I think, probably. It definitely, I think the synth work, like the keyboard work in it is very yacht rock. But I think like that heavy bass. It's very 80s funk, I think. Yeah, the, the heavy bass is very 80s funk. And it's got that like 90s hip hop, like high pitch, like two note sequence mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is so fucking gangster. Like it just like, you just, it's, can you see Snoop? All I want to do is lean the, lean the chair back a little bit more, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 
Grip in that wood like grain. the way that they have those little those little beat skips. They just throw them in like here and there. Like they'll just be like a little stutter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a piece of what strikes me with what Alonso was saying, where something's a little off in this. Like even songs like this that are super smooth have this like kind of skip, this like tape errors like. Like you remember occasionally you get like a weird fold in a cassette tape. Yes. And it would do that. Like it would have that kind of snap and it I think it's this instinctual you spent time listening to or watching things that came on a tape form, like ingrained in you is the awareness that like this thing is about to get eaten. Right? If something's wrong with this, it's about to get eaten by the tape player. We gotta be ready to deal with the thing. Yeah, dude, I've definitely had some tapes eaten by uh, tape deck, man. That was the, that was the thing. If you can get it out of there in one piece, then you just go looking for a pencil or a pen and start winding. Right? There's so there's a line from uh, Nas. I want to say it's halftime. I can't remember. It's it's on Illmatic, where he says, "I'm the smooth criminal of beat breaks." Um, yeah. Never put me. In your, beat, in your box. If your shit eats tapes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is a fucking great line. And I'm, if some kid listened to that now, he might not know what the fuck Nas is talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, now you're like, you're two generations of potential damage to physical media away from anything, right? If your hard drive, if your hard drive corrupt, shit just doesn't work. Just right? Shit, yes. If your CD was scratched, you may never hear that song again until right. you replace the CD. As the tape got eaten, there's like a one in four chance that fucker is done for. You you could Unwind. like splicing wasn't a thing people really did, but there yeah. you it was a medium that you could try and make repairs, but it was never. So one thing about the vaporwave stuff, notice that on Bandcamp, if you want to get one of these records, you could name your price and download them, whatever. But many of them also offer that you can buy them on cassette. And yeah. that is like a thing, I guess, with these guys is and, like cassette. And there's some beautiful cassette work. Like the plastic of the cassette itself is like tie-dyed. There's all kinds of beautiful design work coming. And I don't know who's... Like, how are you even pressing cassette tapes? Probably like, just dubbing them. They're just dubbing them like... Off of like those boxes, yeah, I'm sure. Like the same way I dubbed them <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> it would just be crazy to think that like somebody's like 3 3D printing like cassette tape like I think bodies. They still sell cassettes for sure. I don't really look, man. The thing this we were talking about nostalgia. I don't really see an advantage of listening to music on cassettes. I think it's pure like it doesn't sound better. Certainly. You can, I don't think you, anyone could make that argument. Yes, it's mobile if you have a Walkman, which, I don't know, are those things like really easy to find? I don't necessarily think so. What, maybe there's some cars still around that only have a tape deck in them? Maybe? I don't know. Is that a thing? I so, buy one for years. <laughs> I think my old car has had one but I just sold it like two years ago and also the tape deck had long since stopped <laughs> So I just feel, what is, it's just like a nostalgia thing or it's just like an aesthetic, see, that's only two times I've said it. Just like, like just something to look at or just something pretty or something like that. But it's not really realistically like sounding better or anything like that. Yeah, I like, I certainly like wish I had a tape deck for what you gave us of last season <laughs> that gift sits on the bookshelf and display and it would be pretty awesome to put that in yeah but like it works part of me I, yeah i wondered if and did, right? and also there's a secret there's a secret unlisted track see this is, this is why it would be nice to have a tape deck that is like, the reason to have a cassette that's the reason right i guess you could do the same thing on cd but if you put the cd yeah. in you're gonna see you're gonna the see number, the number of tracks, track number. exactly. Yeah. So with a cassette, yeah, yeah. it really is a secret. Yeah, for the cassettes, it, it really was. I remember having a number of singles that like had a hidden track of some sort on them. Like yeah, right. it was it was and it was genuinely hidden. You're right. There was no indication it was there. 
See? Unless you look at the rule, the the role, and you're like, wait a minute, something's wrong. But nobody paid that close attention. So anyway, weather theme one. Anything? It's kind of. Right? I think this is the song that plays in like the sex scene in *Lethal Weapon*, <laughs> like inside the trailer. Like I, I think this is before she gets killed. I think this is the music that plays. Mm. I, might, I think you're I, right. It might be too specific, but I think that's that's good. I'm, not, the, I'm uh, not gonna be able to top that. All the weather on. themes. I was gonna say weather theme two was my favorite, and I see Lewis had weather theme three. But Alonzo, where's your cut, man? I, can't I know, see dude. I know. Weather theme three is would be my pick. If, oh, if shit. Weather theme three would be my pick, but I'll pull it out. Opening on weather theme two is solid. This is mm -hmm. so good. This is another Law and Order one for me. Yeah, a little bit. But it turns into something else pretty quick. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know why they're called weather theme. They don't really make me think of any kind of weather. I think you're right though. Weather theme one is like maybe what fucking weather. I'm not really sure what the weather is. What is fucking weather? Like, I don't. That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't really know. I don't really know, man. Like I don't really align that All with the it? weather <laughs> typically. Any weather. Any weather. <laughs> yeah. Like, any weather. Any, any weather. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I just, I, except, I feel except like really hot and humid, you might not want to know. Like. See, but I feel like that's like kind like, of the, the just, stereotypical uh, fucking weather is like yeah. hot and humid. I'm just imagining like that being a line that like a cowboy would say, like he throws the door open and it's fucking weather out there. <laughs> At which point you see all the village start shuddering. <laughs> we were going into a storm cellar. <laughs> It's, it could easily be a line in ICP's Western movie. It could be. Oh my god. Probably is. We gotta review Probably. that shit. Oof, we? we should. <laughs> you wanna talk about something film fumblers should spend their time on? The oh. ICP movies, man. For Particularly sure. Particularly the Western. Yeah, for sure. You know what they're doing? They, it's funny because we are a little bit aligned with what they're doing because they did Space Jam last week and now they're doing Space Jam A New Legacy or whatever the fuck the new one is. Which to me is the, just, to me it's actually not this. It's pure nostalgia, commercialism, unironic, yeah. nothing yeah. weird or disturbing about it. But they gave Space Jam 1, like, I think almost like a 7 rating out of 10. And I was just like, guys, like, this movie is shit. It is shit. It is like unwatchable shit, guys. And, uh, like, dude, my brother would be in that camp saying it was a 7, 8 out of 10. Like, but do, do they you, have a level of nostalgia attached to that thing? That but we should I be the ones that have the nostalgia for that, because we were, like, conscious. Like, they were, like, four years old when that movie came out. Yeah, but they were probably victims of, like, our lack of taste around. Like, that generation was probably, like, people our age were playing it and didn't know any better and now know better and don't like it or think about it yeah and they're just still stuck in the oh no this was formative years for me i learned how to speak because i don't know <laughs> I, I just don't I, understand I, don't either. I just don't understand that move that move, those movies are off like they do you ryan did we watch space jam in the movie theater i don't know we watched independence in day theater. we watched independence yeah. day in the movie theater yeah, we did. Which they yeah, did the sure. week before. Uh-huh. And I was just like, guys, like, that movie sucked, too. <laughs> like, they were just like, it was like, it's, they were comparing it to other, like, alien invasion movies, and I was just like, I'll be honest, like, I won't find myself, wasn't Bronson Pinchot in that? Are we back in the Bronson Pinchot game? No, I don't think he was in that. I know, because okay. I actually watched it, because... So what happened was, I wasn't going to watch it. I was just like, I'm not going to waste my fucking time. And then one of the guys, Taryn, was like, it's great. It's amazing. And I was like, man, I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. Okay? 25 years ago. It's a long time, right? Yeah. I rewatched it. The only version available was the extended cut. Oh. So three hour, almost three hours of Independence Whoa. Day. And was there more Randy Quaid? Randy Quaid is so bad in the movie. So bad. There's a couple things. One is I forgot 
and this is a serious tangent, so I might cut this out. There's a part in Independence Day where not Bronson Pinchot, but Brent Spiner, a.k.a. Data of Star Trek The, New Ge- the Next Generation. Uh, that's why I thought Bronson Pinchot he gets He's like a scientist in Independence yeah. Day, and he gets possessed by one of the aliens, and the alien starts Dude, talking. The alien starts talking, and the alien yeah. says, release me. And then yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god, I completely forgot that Infected Mushroom song. Which is maybe a record we should do on this pod. It's been it's sampled at the edge of my list. Yeah, really, the, the, the gathering. Yeah, the gathering, gathering, yeah. still amazing. The yeah. thing with the gathering is, I really enjoy listening to stuff while driving, and if I listen to the gathering and drive, I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, Gen- a fiery car crash at 190 miles an hour. Gen- this record that we were talking about is a trance record from the 90s, and it's just like high BPM. Lots and, of bullshit and, going on. And it, it like, it, every song builds, and then once it hits that peak, it's just like, like in your face, like going 100 miles an hour and dark. And yeah, great for car racing, I would imagine. I don't know why they don't blare it in NASCAR. <laughs> uh, or, or so you've heard, right? Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. I can attest from video games. I don't know how many times I've got a video game that you know was car racing and just put on infected mushroom went to town yeah so anyway literally went to town literally (laughs) so anyway so basically yeah so basically that was it like so that part was cool because i was like oh yeah infected mushroom and then randy quaid's son is played by the guy that gets his dick chopped off in the Doom Generation. God, I know. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh wow, that guy, that guy, yeah." Man, Wh- so, whoever he right, is. So that's that's that entire cast that made it out then, because yeah. Or wait, is that the guy that's in Donnie Darko? Yes, that's the same guy that's in Donnie Darko who plays the the oh, kid in the rat in the rabbit outfit. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking about the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, movie still sucked, dude, sorry. Sucked, and not worth your time. Anyway, I did start playing this other, just by the way, if you're into this, whoever's listening, looks like Alabama Man Returns is listening, cool. Check out Exotics by VCR Classic. This is another one that I've been listening to that keeps coming up on my YouTube stuff. They have a whole bunch of other stuff. Again, I say they because I have literally no idea of whether they're Male, female, anything in between, or anything outside of it, or multi-singular or plural, I have no idea who it oh, is. No. Some entity, no they. Clue. So yeah, go check out Exotics. I didn't have and a... Sw- well, go ahead. putting out multiple albums, like, in a year. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they have dropped in a consecutive period of time. Yeah, for sure. This came out in 2020, or the album we're doing came out in 2020, Atlantic Memories. Video Boutique came out in 2020, Business Nights, which is a single. There is some <laughs> stuff floating around out there that's, yeah, they at least dropped two albums in 2020, which I guess, what else were we doing? But, you know. <laughs> right. I, my Freebird was Aurora Stars, like I mentioned before. I didn't have a sweater song. I don't know that it really <laughs> applies. Uh, yeah, I was trick, tricky. <laughs> I, I I definitely see the Aurora Stars as the free bird. That's the good choices as any. Yeah, but anyway, but so otherwise, I think unless someone else has another deep thoughts, like we could probably just rate these and get going. I can start. I'm glad we picked this because I just think it was so different and so outside of what we do. I think another thing to me is like listening to the Jason Molina record the before. It's like really intense music. It demands your attention and it's beautiful music. And and I feel like one of the things we maybe sometimes don't think about too much is like how we listen to music. Like in in terms of like how much attention does it require of you? Where is it that you're listening to it? Why is it that you're like, what's like, what's the objective? And I feel like this kind of music, it could not be more different in terms of like modality from like a Jason Molina. His music is like built on the foundation of detritus, disposable music. And yet, in my opinion, like transcends being disposable. 
I don't think it's disposable. But I also don't think it's like meant to be consumed in the way you would consume a Jason Molina or like maybe like a traditional rock record or anything like that. This is like Muzak works really well. Like the functionality of Muzak, like this, that's what this stuff is meant for. Like it's great. I've enjoyed listening to it. It's hard to focus on for a long period of time because it has so many like little kind of throwaway segments mm -hmm. um, that aren't necessarily building. Like it, it doesn't really build. It starts where it, going <laughs> yeah yeah it just it meanders and there's the mood sometimes that's what i'm in the mood for yeah, yeah. so anyway sometimes. all that said and four stars alonzo says go check it out it is really the hardest of lifts from jason molina you're right this this absolutely is the polar opposite of that in every all respects i don't know if there's any respect it's not the polar respect, I'll, but, I'll be honest uh, it's gonna be there's nothing I can figure out that's not gonna be jarring coming after this. <laughs> like, like this is certainly a hard left from Jason Molina, but that we're gonna be taking another hard easy to make. Hard like, <laughs> yeah. I can't. There's nothing that isn't just more of this that isn't gonna be like horribly jarring. That's okay, man. Since you've started foraying into this artist Fuller catalog, is all of it like? this same genre that they're working with or do they dip into other stuff or i mean sure? i would say some of it is a little more chill and some of it's a little bit more up tempo and dancing yeah. like this mm. exotics I record is has like samples vocals yeah. for example and i think it's probably a little more up tempo and yeah. samples more I, horns I, think that and... I would i think that this one in particular i'd give a three two five but i think that's really has a lot to do with the type of music that it focuses on and i feel like i would be interested in hearing them hitting something different because i feel like there are things they could do that i would like so Vaporwave is, this is actually a really good point, Jenny. Vaporwave is actually huge in terms of, there's little subgenres or microgenres of like people sampling different kinds of stuff. And the outcome being very different. Like there's cheesier stuff than this. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's called Mallsoft. Like just, and, and like it, it's real, like the cheese is like levels extremely high. And it sounds even more weird and disturbing and bizarre. But then there's stuff that's like, it samples more either like heavier music or more industrial type stuff and slows it down. And then it sounds like dark ambient music. I don't know. It's, it's just hard to describe, uh, but we can check some of this stuff out. I think for me, like, I like taking, I like the idea like I said before, of like taking just shit, just bullshit. Like none of these records are records that any like any other like musician would really think about sampling. It's like too cheesy. But like going after these like bizarre sounds and bizarre records, you're making something that's a little transgressive, right? With them, that to me is like. That to me is cool. Not to say the other stuff is cool, isn't cool. There's this stuff called Future Funk, and what it is, mostly, is it basically samples Japanese pop from the 80s and speeds it up to disco speed. And so it's almost it almost sounds like French disco, like disco house type stuff. And it's up tempo and it's super like happy and. So it, there's a lot of variety in the sound. It's like more an aesthetic. That's the third time I've said it. Oh, you got to make it through the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's more that than like one sound, I would say. Yeah, that's cool. Ryan? That's cool. Yeah, so it's tough. In terms of repeatability, this particular album, the more I listen to it, the more it falls short of satisfying the nostalgia itch. But adding this idea of it being like sampled and slowed down and a little off makes it a little bit more interesting in that component, but I still want more in a piece. I think for me, it's three and a half range. 
I think it's a lot of the sweet spots of what I enjoy. I think it leaves me wanting a little bit more from all the pieces that I like. And I feel like because of the kind of truncated nature of those pieces, I won't come back to it as quickly as I may come back to other versions of what I hear in this. But it's still incredibly interesting. Like the mode, the form, right? The like style, all that is a really interesting genre and a really interesting component of music that doesn't exist in a lot of other fashions. So it's certainly one of those things that I would recommend to other people, but it would be hard to tell them what I'm doing. It would really, it, yeah. because I feel like the people that really enjoy the nostalgia piece of this, it's going to seem a little off. But you have to have that nostalgia, that uh, the appeal of that nostalgia to sit through it long enough to start picking up on what's off and what, like how that's making you feel and why. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's it may be a hard thing to get through for people who do not have any kind of nostalgia attached to this. But yeah, I think it's really incredibly well put together, especially when thinking about it in terms of the sample now. It's really impressive work. Yeah, so like three five, three seven five maybe. Okay. All right. I think I think we've done it. <laughs>